The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite, CDW, and Ford. From Chicago Bears Training Camp Headquarters at Olivet Nazarene University in Bourbon, Illinois, welcome into another edition of Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. I'm Jeff Joniak, along with my broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM, Mr. Tom Thayer, the edgy Tom Thayer right now. It's that part of camp, but these are the dog days for a Tom Thayer. But I, I will say that yesterday my mom was looking at the new yearbook of the Chicago Bears, and she goes, Cody, I like that name. Is he a nice boy? My mom's 86 uh-huh. years old. Is he a nice boy? As we introduce a fellow offensive lineman, one of Tom Thayer's favorite guys, the now veteran center, Cody Whitehair. Stepping in and stepping up today for uh, our Bears All Access show. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys? Hey, does it feel dog dayish already? No. Nope. It's weird. The rest of the league we're, just started. Right. You know, we're coming off an off day. We had a good practice today, and uh, you know, really excited for Thursday. You know, moving around within this new terminology, this new offense. You know, it seems like you you play a little bit faster every day with a little bit more knowledge, with a little bit better understanding. Is that the tempo it seemed to you in full pads since you've been here? Yeah, I think. You know, as as you learn the offense, it's just it helps you play a little bit faster. And you know, as we continue to run these plays, you kind of see see the same thing and kind of know what to expect. So, I mean, you're just going to play a little bit faster with nature, that's for sure. You're a multiple position player. When you're understanding and digesting the center position, is there enough carryover to guard? So, Cody, left guard, this yeah. play. So, are, is that? Yeah, I think um, you know a lot of the stuff carries over as long as you. You know, kind of know the basics of everything. You can sure slide over there and, and get the job done for sure. I know it's it's something. It's part of your makeup. You're, you know what? Whatever you need, coach, I'm in. I'll do whatever. And same with you. I, I don't know. Early in your career, if you had to, you know, do all that too, you know, you want to do it because that's what your job is. But at the same time, I, oh, man, I'm just starting to really get the rhythm right here, and I'd love to stay here. Yeah. Does you, that enter your mind? Yeah. I mean, of course it does at times. Um you know, you just get more comfortable if you stay in one spot, obviously. But uh, I've always been a team guy, and I'm always going to do what they ask me to do, and, and that's how that goes. Well, the neat thing about your talent is they go and they draft a guy like James Daniels. Okay, Cody can play anywhere. Where does James play his best? And it's kind of neat to figure out that puzzle each year because uniquely enough, you have the talents to play anywhere. Sometimes that's a curse as much as it is a good thing because if you are a 12-year center – that's what your life is focused on here. It's it's multiple position player. But you could possibly have a stake in how James Daniels develops. Yeah, you know, and I'm just here to help James, whatever he needs, you know, whether it be guard or center. Um, you know, I played both positions, and, you know, I can try and help him as much as I can. He's played <clears throat> tackle too, folks. So, you know, <laughs> you never know when the day might. Have, Not you, a- have <laughs> you taken a rep in, <clears throat> and, at tackle in your professional career, either in one-on-ones or team or anything? I haven't, no. Not at this level. Because he, it's, he's grinning because <laughs> this is not something that you need right now, right? Well, no, you know what? It's interesting because I, I watch traits and linemen that have played multiple positions. I do the same thing with Jordan Morgan, a young kid they drafted last year who played tackle in college. Now he's sunk down into guard. And when I watch him do different things, technically I say, okay, can this carry out one more space? And I, I look at the same value with you that I would Jordan or James Daniels in terms of center or guard. 
Yeah, and I mean, it just helps you on game day, too, with only having seven guys, being able to play, even though in multiple positions, and, you know, hopefully not missing a beat with that next guy coming in. Heck, you know, you've seen it all. I mean, you've seen a lot happen in your short time, uh, what happens on Sundays. I mean, it, it's it's pretty crazy what can go south on you in a hurry. Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, I experienced that last year firsthand, you know, playing three different positions in one game. Um, you know, but like I said, I'm a team guy, and I'll help the team, whatever we need. You know what's crazy is uh, what people don't talk a lot about. You've had three different offensive lines coaches three different personalities three different styles three different stress points I really like what I'm seeing three out of different Harry. tempers right <laughs> and, and that's the thing about it is everybody wants to talk about going through different offenses but how about you know you got a co- guy like Cody who's learning multiple positions got a different offensive line coach each year and now you know you're on your third system and third coach yeah it can for sure make it a little bit tough um Obviously, as an offensive lineman, there's, you know, things that carry over as well. Um, there's certain little details and little, little techniques that, you know, a different offensive line coach will bring in. But for the most part, um, you know, the transition's been easy and smooth. But, uh, you know, i got to give it to my teammates and other coaches for really, you know, helping me through Did that. you have the same offensive line coach in college for four years? I did. You did? Yep. See, at least you get consistency about the technique they want you to perform at that level and things, subtleties can change. Because, you know, us watching this offense develop, we're so used to seeing three, five, step drops, no more. Now it's RPO, you know, and it's different the way that defensive players have to look at the challenges they face in trying to decide. Well, not only that, it's, it's shotgun. I think last year, 50% of the time, that's it, shotgun. I right, mean, that's, right. that's not a lot yeah, comparatively to the it's league. It's definitely a change. Um you know, but uh, we're really excited with the offense that Coach Nagy's brought in and, and Coach Helfrich and, you know, all the hard work they've done. It's going gonna, it's gonna to carry over and be really good for us this year. Tom and I were talking this morning uh, or, or last night, one of the two. It doesn't relate to the Bears, but it relates to the mindset of an offensive line. So Tony Sperano passes away suddenly last week, and the Vikings now are in scramble mode as camp gets underway, and they promote from within, and they shuffle things around. Uh, to me – and I said this to Tom this morning, that's one position, Coach, that you just can't just plug in and go. I mean, this is a – that's a whole di- – you can move guys around and defensive coaches become offensive coaches. You know, uh, we had Jerry Fontenot coaching uh, – Tight ends, tight, running yeah. backs as an Edgar ex-offensive Bennett. lineman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, former guys up in well, Green Bay. Well, Andy Reid was a former left tackle for BYU, and now he's the head coach, and he's talking about an offensive-minded coach that's one of the best in the league. But offensive line coach, that's a – different breed how hard would that be for any team going through that yeah that would be really hard um you know especially you know as as guys come in you know newer guys or guys in free agency and you know they come in and they they really study throughout that five weeks of OTAs and stuff of, of learning that technique and then you know right before training camp that happens and what a sad deal it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tom Compton, he was here last year is with the Minnesota Vikings this year. Um, you know, so we kind of talked to him about it, and he said it was, you know, a really sad moment, and, you know, that they're really going to miss him up there. Right. He's an ec- excellent coach, number one. And, and then, you know, you, you don't wish any ill will on any team. It's competitive, obviously. So it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how that all transpires over the course of the season because, you know, this guy right here to my right, Tom Thayer, he talks about his offensive line coach, Dick Stanva, almost every single day to this day. Yeah. I mean, he, he's had that much of an imprint on him. And I Same think the, with you. If you right, had guys that you can't get out of your head. What you do. I think the bond that offensive linemen have, and it takes all five of us to make, you know, one play go up front. I mean, that's where it all starts. You know, it all starts up there. And, you know, you, you got to have all five and, and – 
you know, turning over to all 11 guys to make a play work. So, uh, you know, it's just it's great to have, you know, that continuity on the line and, and the closeness for sure. You know, the coming of the personalities they brought in Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel and Trey Burton – what are those guys like? Well, you know, when you, you get, you know, Trey Burton's coming from success. Taylor Gabriel's coming from success, and he wants more. Allen Robinson recovering from an injury that is a successful player. Like, how do you? You're not an. They're not offensive linemen, but how do you get to know those guys? How do you get to see their personality? You definitely see it in the locker room. Um, you know, getting ready for practice and you know games and stuff. But uh, they've been really great. You know, and they've really brought very positive energy from those teams that they've been on that they've had so much success with and just the attitude they bring every day is great to see has matt changed the locker room at all are you guys still in the same position you were at the conclusion of last season um he switched it up a little bit um as far as guys you, you know in different spots in the locker room and stuff like that which you know is good to get to know different position groups right who's gonna um, be your new locker mate i don't know in the off season it was a keen <laughs> so uh you know i get to got to spend some time with the keen for sure yeah, well, you guys spent a lot of time staring <laughs> yeah. at each other yeah, we did. across the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and Eddie Goldman, for that matter. We'll pick up that conversation after a break. You're listening to Bears All Access. Cody Whitehair, our special guest for tonight's show with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Cody Whitehair, our guest, Jeff Joniak, and Tom Thayer here on Bears All Access. Uh, before the break, we started talking. You're a locker mate. Uh, at least you were in the offseason with uh, Akeem Hicks. You're facing him and a snarling defensive lineman, along with Eddie Goldman, who's uh, a hard guy to root out of there. Um, have you noticed uh, any change at all in demeanor of the defense, given its continuity, Vic back three years, two years, in some cases four years together with Vic, certain guys on that defense? Is there a swagger brewing, do you sense? Because I do just eyes on it. You're in it. You tell us. I do sense it. Um, they're playing really well together right now. Um, very awesome to see. You know, they were top ten defense last year, and I think – you know, with with that momentum coming into this season and, you know, pretty much a majority of the guys stayed the same. Like you were talking, the continuity level is just – it increases there and helps them play better on the field for sure. A lot more chatter from the defense now. A lot more chatter. But you guys, you guys have some guys on offense now that are speaking up too, not the least of which is a guy that entertains me regardless of what he's doing. We haven't gotten to know him that well yet. You think I'm going to say Tariq Cohen, but I'm going to tell you Anthony Miller. Yeah, he's great. How about this guy? He's great. Um Really good player, you know, really excited to have him, and we're really excited to see what he can do this year. Well, it's going to be interesting because I think all Bears fans are interested to see what your total offense can do because you have the privilege of access to the entire playbook. We kind of get fed snippets of what it's going to be like. Um, is it more exciting in practice than you perceive will take place in the games? Because it seems like teams do things in practice specifically, but you really don't see them unveiled until their opponents in their regular season. Is there a lot in storage than what we're going to see in the games? I'm not. I, I assume, yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think it'll be different week to week for sure, too. Is there anything that's caught you differently? Like, I mean, do you have any different assignments according to the offensive line? Do you have to hold protections longer? Do you have to hold them wider? Do you have a quickness in what you ha the way you have to respond to a play? Or, or is it the same tempo that we're used to? Um, I'm sure it'll be a little bit more up-tempo, um, you know, but a lot of it's the same. Yeah. 
Cody White here, our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Paul Zeranger Engineer and Greg Miller is helping us out, pinch hitting. And, uh, you know, he's the big man in the department, but, you know, he's filling in the blanks. Playoff beard. He's got the playoff beard going, and <laughs> we're ready to go here. Well, so does Cody, by, you know. <laughs> yeah, are you going to keep that all year? I'll keep it. You yeah. Darn right. I don't remember. Did you have it last year? I had it. I did, it, it wasn't as full. I kind of kept it down a Takes little bit. You, it, it makes your chin strap feel more comfortable. It does, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to keep it going as long as I can here for sure. <laughs> uh, we got a Hall of Fame game coming up on Thursday in Canton, Ohio. First, let's talk about that. As a rookie, all rookies, they go in and check it out, right? So you've already been there. Uh, or, or were you? No. No. So, Why not? Um, all rookies don't go there. I thought they'd we, take them there. So no. for the symposium deal you're talking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, we didn't end up going this year. We did Interesting. it at Hallis Hall. We did kind of our rookie transition program there. Um, I think we were one of the first – groups of rookies that didn't go to the okay. Hall of Fame. But, uh, yeah, we just did it at home. So uh, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing that for sure. So, you, uh, so you've never been there. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you want to see? Like, the, I mean, what's going to you – know, as a football fan now, because you got to take that part of it now, you're a, you're a paid professional. But now the kid in you walks into a Hall of Fame. Right. I mean, you know, growing up watching football, you know, you see all the great players and see, you know – how awesome it is, and, and that ultimate goal you're working for, um, you know, is to win a Super Bowl and be in the Hall of Fame as an individual, of course. Um, you know, so anytime you can go go through there and see, you know, the names of everybody that's been in there is pretty cool. It's neat. My experience is there is like you walk through and you get to see the busts of all the greats that have been enshrined into the Hall of Fame, and you see them in the course of the time and, you know, always up on stage with them. Then you get to see them in person and comparison of looks. Did they really look like the person or not? But I was, I was telling Jeff that as you go through the Hall of Fame and it concludes where it has um, – uh, every one of the Super Bowl rings that have ever been handed out are all displayed together, and that's the one that were body stop. Mm-hmm. And they send, they look at them over the years. They look at the size in comparison of some of them, but that's the one exhibit that stops everybody in their tracks. Yeah, I didn't know about that. That'll, yeah, that'll well, be kind of cool. You'll laugh see. because yeah. everyone, uh, if you stand there and listen to the conversation from visitors and what. Oh my God! Look how small they used to be. You know, it looks like your wedding ring, <laughs> right. and, and then you know the, the newest ones right. get bigger and bigger and and gaudier like man, and gaudier. And, gaudier. and I, Tom, I, I believe I've seen it once, but he 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 doesn't bring it out. I don't even know. Do you know where it is? And don't you better value it, I Tom? I got to see that thing, man. Come on, bring I mean, it around. I know, I know where it, it is. It can't be. You know, that's a long time ago. I, I don't, don't know have how big access. it is. I, I haven't taken it out since the Super Bowl the Bears went to against Indianapolis. That's the last time that I've seen it. Did you take it to Indy? Uh huh. Or you take it to Miami? No, I took it to Miami. You did take it to I Miami. Take it okay, to Miami, yeah. so we must. I wanted to wear it the day of the game. Um, and I don't know if I did because it's different. You know, now, Cody, you're 340 pounds. Your fingers are no, like he's set. Not I know, I know. But Cody, what you can whack him one. No, what I'm saying is Cody's a big guy right now. So they win a Super Bowl. They measure your finger. When you shrink and you get smaller, your oh. finger shrink. Now it spins on my finger right. like it doesn't right. even belong to me. Right. But it, sure. I would have to have yarn and stuff <laughs> in the bottom just to wear it. Well, they, it's the whole thing is about the ring. It's symbolism, obviously. What goes into it is what really what, matters absolutely. in your heart. You know what goes into the ring is the memories that you got to get the ring. Because I can go through a thousand stories right now that led up to earning a Super Bowl ring, and there's stories of relevance to Cody with ex-offensive linemen or the teammates that you became friends with for life. You know, won't that be something when it happens? Yeah, it, it's it's our ultimate goal, and you know, just 
I think we have the talent to do it this year, and it's 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 a real exciting year for us. Have you ever won a championship at any level of your athletic life in any sport? Think it so, through now. So um, I won a Big 12 championship when I was at K-State, and that was pretty cool. Um, you know, but we didn't make it to the national championship. Um, but other than that, I mean – I can't remember another championship other than that one. You know, some, I, some of these kids on this team, you know, they went four straight, they unbeaten high school career, <laughs> like but this guy right after, here. But, but after being a has-been and an ex-bear, I would want to be here to be a part of the parade because I think when we went on a parade in 85, we were all inexperienced at what the parade was going to be in 85 and the temperature and everything. It would be unbelievable experience to be an observer of a Super Bowl season and then be in a parade and, and then be more of an observer. For sure. Absolutely. Especially in this town. No oh, question about it. Yes. So the reason the Bears are playing the Ravens, obviously, two of the best middle linebackers in NFL history are going in. Ray Lewis of the Baltimore Ravens and Brian Erlacher. Two different players, two very different personalities, two different emotional type players, two different sizes. Uh, both extremely successful and both uh, piling up the statistics that get you there. But for me, and you've, I'm assuming you've met Brian. I haven't met him. He hasn't been around that yeah. much around the building. But if you did, you'd see a genuine guy, mm-hmm. and you know the intangibles of him being a great leader and a great teammate. Didn't have to be outspoken. It's just how he carried himself and how he cared about his teammates. You have a lot of that in you. You're that type of person. Everybody talks about you in that way. Don't mean to embarrass you, but that's that's the truth of the matter. Um, and, and those kind of guys in a locker room – are extremely valuable. They're more than just glue guys, but there, there is an element of that. Do you feel you're that type of guy as well? Yeah, I definitely want to, you know, put myself in that category for sure. Um, you know, like I've always said, I've always been a team first guy, what's best for the team, and, you know, always here to help my teammates win. That's that's my main goal is, you know, what can I do to help this team win? Um, like you said, no matter what position I play at. Um, but, it, but if I can – bring some of that off the field too you know guys can count on me to come talk to about stuff that they need or um you know picking guys up when they're down and stuff like that um you know I I think all that correlates into them having a lot of trust on trust in you both on and off the field as well sounds good to me that's what spells leader Cody Whitehair our guest here on Bears All Access we're going to take a break more conversation with the Bears starting center after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score Sign your child up for a fun non-contact Chicago Bears youth football camp brought to you by Gatorade and Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit www.bearscamps.com to save $50 today. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Cody Whitehair, our guest, counting you down really to a preseason opener. One of five games on the schedule for the Bears in 2018 on the preseason. They'll take on the Ravens of Baltimore in Canton, Ohio, coming up on Thursday. You can hear the game on uh, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM as we'll bring it to you, Tom and I, and the gang. And we'll have pregame coverage as well with uh, with the fellas. So it'll be exciting. Good to get back at it again. Have you uh, talked about reps at all? No, we haven't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just assume you're going to play and whatever happens, That's happens. That's right. That's right. That's the best way to do it. Tom told me a story about his preseason, his first year with the Bears in 85. Why don't you retell the story? Um, it, it was different back then because if you were a starter, you played the whole game. Mm-hmm. 
So I never got into a game until the second half of the last preseason game, my first year here with the Bears. And I was just assuming I was going to get cut because <laughs> I hadn't played at all. But but they were playing the whole game. So it wasn't like, you know, you just kind of sat there waiting in the wings for your opportunity. It's different these days. And, you know, nowadays they have to get so reps, important reps to guys to help make a roster decision. You – Kyle, Bobby Massey, Charles aren't going to get a ton of work time, but the other guys should. Yeah, it's it's always fun to, you know, prepare for those games as well. You know, getting back into the swing of things after having six months off, you know, getting getting against a different opponent instead of practicing against ourselves. So we're really excited. And like I said, I haven't heard anything about reps yet, but we're, you know, preparing to play for sure. You know, it's fun. One of the new personalities brought here is Earl Watford. And so I had a hard time learning his name at the beginning, and he came up to me the other <laughs> day in practice. Yeah. He says, no one has ever butchered my name worse <laughs> than you ever. And so then we got things straightened out. But it was confusing. But he's been a nice inclusion to the interior of your offensive line. He's versatile right and left guard. He's got some experience. So he's going to be an interesting candidate down the road to be out here fighting for a position. For sure. He's great. He's a great addition for our offense. Um, like you said, he can play both right and left, and he's even played a little bit of tackle too. So, uh, you know, given that, uh, you know, where you only suit up seven guys, it's always nice to have a guy that can kinda, do it all. Kind of sounds like a Cody Whitehair, <laughs> right and left center, and he can play tackle <laughs> if he has to. I don't know about tackle right now, but, uh, you know, I'm sure I could do it if they needed me to. Uh, and then you get uh, Eric Cush. Eric uh, is also another versatile player. Hey, the more you can do thinking. But, you know, in the off season, you guys had that bond of, of being there together. But when you're including these new guys, has it been an easy transition to bring all these new guys, the young guys coming up? As everybody's in a different stage of their life. Some are married, some have kids, some don't. Some guys are... You know, just uh, just coming into the league and, and, and just looking for friendship and uh, and camaraderie off the field as well. Yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, the guys that we've kept are, are great, too. Um, you know, but the additions we've had this year, you know, with, you know, the rookies and Earl, um, you know, and getting Cush back healthy and, you know, Hironis Grasso, too, being in that mix. Um, you know, we've just really formed together pretty tight the last you know, five weeks of OTAs, and, you know, you just, it's crazy how, you know, everyone kind of, you know, goes away for the five weeks before camp, but it feels like, you know, our group text message is always going <laughs> off, and we're always, you know, keeping in touch and making sure, you know, guys are doing the right thing and keeping up with their, their workouts and everything. So well, I, I think we have a pretty tight group, and it's going to be a lot of fun this year. Hey, can you talk about the importance? I was fortunate to spend a couple of days in the weight room this off season, and it changed a lot. That atmosphere in there is competitive, it's encouraging, and it's a, it's a room that you guys are gaining enormous amounts of strength. And I think it's important because strength is confidence. Talk a little bit about that because I did see, you know, maybe Hironis miss a weight and then you guys all encourage him. And he comes and he does a, even a better attempt next. I saw Charles Leno Jr. do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely been a lot more powerful, you know, Olympic-style lifting this, this uh, you know, offseason. It's been great. Um, you know, it's it's – it's, you know, like you said, it's different than we were last year, um, you know, and it's great to have, you know, Jason in there with us as well, um, you know, and, and that's what we do. That's that's what offensive linemen do. If somebody, you know, needs a little pick-me-up, you're always there to pick them up, and that's, you know, it gives them a little bit more energy to get that extra rep. Yeah, and, but it's nice that it's spilled over the defensive side of the ball, going in there and seeing these guys kind of encourage each other, and, hey, man, the, the stronger you are as a team – the better effort you're going to get and the healthier it's probably going to keep you during the season. Yeah, for sure. And they've done a great job over there, the weight staff, um, you know, with doing that. But like you said, it, 
I think offensive and defensive linemen need to be, you know, tough and grind those, you know, heavy weightlifting out to, to carry over on the field. What was it like at Kansas State? Similar? It was very similar. You know, um, Coach Snyder kind of had the old school mind of, you know, Olympic lifting. And, well, when and you're 80 some years yeah. old, you got you yeah. just got your mind. It's not no necessarily right, right, old school. Right. Um, you know, it's just how he was. He believed in heavy lifting and, you know, that's what we did. And, uh, you know, our, our coach there, Coach Dawson, did a great job with us. But, uh, you know, a lot of that's kind of came back this year and you know, I've I've kind of had a little bit of background with that Olympic lifting. So, sure. is that like Tom says, strength is confidence for you? Do you agree with that? Is that important? Do you mean you you made fifty one college starts, so you didn't get you, you if you were banged up, you were still playing. You start you played all thirty two of your games with the Bears. Knock on wood, keep going. I mean, yeah. does that matter to you? Does that is that helped you? Absolutely. In your career? I think you know, anytime you can you can use your extra time, your extra free time, the time you have, you know to really take care of your body for one and for two, you know, use that strength and power that we use constantly in the trenches to, you know, help your game, enhance your game. Um, you know, so any chance we can get, um, you know, in the weight room and get stronger is only going to help our confidence out there. And, you know, we won't have to worry about guys outpowering us or, you know, certain injuries due to, you know, lack of training. Well, that's what it is. You know, I, the competitive sense of strength is something you always try to get out of yourself to go out there and compete. But there's a couple times in the, in the slippery fields the first three days of practice when the rain was relentless or even when it was trying to dry up, and I saw you power a block and then kind of slide a little bit. And the reason that you can recover from that is because of the effort you put in the weight room. That's what a lot of people only – they only concentrate weight room with strength. But weight room is durability and the structure of your body to withstand some of the punishment that you go through and that's why you talk about the number of games that Cody has started it's a direct effect of weight room relatable to the sport you play uh, this may be a silly question because because I haven't done any Olympic weightlifting I'm sure you could take one look at me and see no. that, that's not a shock uh, it, 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 does it does it affect when you're adding muscle over the course of an offseason and I don't know how much you added in this offseason maybe you're willing to tell us maybe you're not but does it affect things like balance does it affect your core strength in a way that you feel like you can drop your anchor a little bit and deal with a bull rush down the middle of your chest I mean is that tangible evidence showing on your day-to-day -day practice I, I believe so um and give me some examples you know I think with the power clean you know that we do a lot um it, it's it's basically a full body workout. I mean, you 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 know, if you if you're gonna squat that weight, you know, once you clean it, I mean, it's a lot of core too. Um, you know, and and it and it correlates over to you know taking a bull rush, you know, taking a few steps, you know, locking in, sitting your butt down, and locking your core in. Um, you know, so I think it definitely carries over, and you know, our squats and all this that we do. Um, you know, obviously up front, your legs have to be powerful because you're constantly using them to move, you know, large mass of men up there. Um, you know, so any chance you can get to, to improve your strength is always a, always a benefit for offensive and defensive linemen. One of the most educated weightlifters in the world is here in Clyde Emmerich, and that's no exaggeration. But he has these sayings that kind of compute to what you're trying to do. He'll say something, you can't shoot a cannon from a canoe. And that means you have to have the lower body strength and structure to support what you're trying to do up top. In those little sayings, they do mean a lot. And when you think about them, the effort that you have to put in in order to maintain top and bottom equally, it's, it's a lot of hard work. And I always, you know, say that 
if you're not dedicated to the offseason, you cannot play professional sports. And that's one of the things that impresses me about a guy like LeBron James. Everybody wants to think he's great. But if you don't sit there and spend, you know, 50, 40 well, hours a week in different types of body management, you're not going to And we do don't even know what do. he's really putting on. But, I mean, have you put on armor in, in the three years here? Do you I think? have. Yeah, for sure. I definitely have. Um, you know, I've gotten a lot stronger. Um, so if you were repping 225 of the combine today, what would it be like? I could definitely, I'd say probably mid mid to upper twenties for sure. Um, you know, and and the other thing is is like you know guys that come in that are rookies from college, um, you know, and they they don't know what to expect. You know, right. they're they're constantly having you know organized workouts. Well, you come here and you get very little time to work out. Um, so they have to take that initiative to really work, you know, on them on themselves for the off season and and get ready to come back for, you know, the most physical part of you know our careers and, and training camp and getting ready for the season. Right. You know, it's weird too as you get older. When I remember, got into my 30s and I was still playing. Then you kind of think, do you? I need to reinvent myself or keep doing the same thing that got me to this and point. What'd you tell yourself? Um, at one point I did, I said, Oh, I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to try to get faster. And one of the coaches came up to me within the first day, first couple of days of practice and defensive coach. And he says, Tom, I suggest you put that weight back on that you lost in the off season. <laughs> and I did, I went right back to eating and gaining weight because it was a bad experience that I thought I knew enough to go through. And it was not the right thing. It was the consistency of living by the rules of Clyde Emmerich that was going to help us in our generation. That's Tom Thayer. Cody Whitehair with us as well. This is Bear All Access from Bears Training Camp. We'll continue after this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Get the latest Bears news, photos, and videos delivered straight to your mobile device. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app presented by Verizon. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Cody Whitehair, third-year center out of Kansas State. Our guest, Paul Zeranger, engineer, Greg Miller, our producer today. Hope you're enjoying the show. We're getting ready for the regular season to come, and it can't come soon enough once uh, – the per first preseason game comes, man. The schedule's all weird. You're playing a couple days later. like you, you know, So this game is on a Saturday, and you got a Thursday. Then you got an afternoon game against the Chiefs, and you're going to Denver. Do you like the idea and the concept? Not that you have a say in it by any means, but as you experienced with the Patriots a couple years ago, practicing against the Broncos before you play them on Saturday in uh, Mile High Stadium. Yeah, I think it's fun to, to you know, get out there and, and practice against a different opponent for sure. Um, you know, anytime you can get some extra work against, you know, a different opponent is always fun as well. But, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to the start of preseason. And once, you know, you start getting into the preseason games, that, that season opener is right there too. So, uh, you know, we're really excited for that. Back in the day in training camp, we would have an inner squad scrimmage. That was live, full go. And I never liked playing against Steve McMichael because I practice against him every day. So now you're going to go in Denver. You're going to practice against these guys for four days. He did it in New England. Does that give you an advantage, a disadvantage? Do you like it or you don't like it? Practicing against a guy and then playing against him. Yeah, I think it definitely makes it a little bit tough um, because they kind of see what you have and they can kind of, you know, plan for that and plan well, for hey, a win. They, you know they get into the rhythm of the quarterback's voice is one you know, thing. Right. Hold something back a little bit. You know, give them a, a curveball on, uh, on the Saturday yeah, night game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and like you said, Tom, um, you know, the, they get to hear, you know, our cadences and stuff, and they can use that to their advantage right. as well. But, uh, you know, it is great competition. It's great to, you know, go against a different team too. And, um, you know, it works both ways. It We, we get to see their stuff. They get to see right. our stuff. So, um, you know, it should be an even match at the end of the day. Not to mention you're practicing in the mountains. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> that'll be, you know, a lot different with, uh, you know, the yeah. altitude and everything. Well, I think you'll be better by game time than if you flew out there and played the game. Absolutely. I've had that experience Absolutely. plenty of times, but being out there. Yeah, talking to guys that have played in the altitude, you know, they're, they're like, yeah, it, it'll definitely affect you. Um, you know, so I think the few days we're out there before and we can – we can kind of, uh, you know, get used to that altitude. Don't do it. I saw on. the grin on Listen, your face. Don't do whatever it. you do. Cody, he's gonna he's gonna be embellishing, <laughs> and <laughs> he's prone to hyperbole. This is not you accurate. Just let me tell us. So we're, the Bears are flying out to Denver to play. This is ridiculous. Play Denver, and there's a card within in the seat pocket in front of you, and it tells you about air sickness, or uh, altitude, no, altitude sickness. sickness. So yeah. he read uh-huh. it, and no, he immediately no. go, stop, don't interrupt me. <laughs> so he reads it, right? And he looks at me and goes, I'm getting sick. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Went no. to the hotel. No, no. Got violently sick. I did. Dragged a coat across <laughs> the lobby of the, the hotel that they gave right. him, a brand-new winter coat, dragging right. it like uh-huh. one of the – Peanuts well, characters. Well, listen, and we we had to do a TV show first thing in the morning, and it's like thirty below zero, and I got the window down Three going below. to the stadium. So, and, and it's sad to say, I had to go on IV before the TV show. So, you know, if Olin Krutz was around seeing that, he'd say, you know, now I know why everybody says we're soft. I, I had the play-by-play <laughs> announcer needs an IV before a game, and no, honestly, I have difficulty. And I've been there on vacation, so that's why I know. But the one thing you're not supposed to do, Cody, you're not supposed when you get there, you're not supposed to have a huge meal or several alcoholic beverages. Which on that particular, we had friends that Tom invited us to dinner, and I had both, and so that was a bad combination for me. But anyway, it was not. It was not a mental thing. It was a real thing. And he's shaking his head, and now you're looking that at me means, funny. That means, <laughs> I mean, what the heck? That, would, that means that the 1.2 million people that fly to Denver each day hey. and have a meal that they would get. Well, anyway, no. let's move on to football, and let's talk about your quarterback, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. Um, talking to you the other day, we, we did an interview, and, and you, met, you guys are tight. And that is really the essence of center quarterback play. It would be wonderful. It would be a great story. In this year, third third season as the Bears starting center, to have a 10-year career with Mitch Trubisky and the two of you go walking down the road together into into history with the Bears. It would be great. Um, Mitch and I, you know, like you said, are really close. We've really, you know, formed a great bond over this, this past, um, you know, since he's been here. Um, you know, we really trust in each other. We, you know, see, see the field and under one set of eyes. We've, you know, we study film together. I think... You know, that's what's, that's what's helped us, you know, in our success up to this point. Um, you know, we're really excited to work with him for the season. And like I said, he's great. He's pr- one of my best friends on the team. And, you know, we're, we're really excited to work with him. What about him and what about you, you think, has made that such an e- – because you never know. I mean, this is a business filled with egos and where you came from, depending on what kind of attention you got in your life as a star player or not. I mean, he seems I've, just like a genuine blue-collar He's great. Cleveland guy. He's, he's the most genuine guy I've ever met. And I think the two things that we both have in common that will help this team and the reason we get along so well is it's not about us. It's never about me. It's never about him. It's always about the team. And I think if you have a locker room filled, guy, filled full of guys – with guys that are like that, the team first, and all they're out to do is win a championship, 
sky's the limit for this, um, you know, this team. And I think, you know, we have so many more players that are like that this year, and we're really excited. Yeah, you know, there's always relationships within the team that are unique. Center quarterback is a unique relationship because there's little oddities to the relationship that are always, you know, just kind of game consuming and stuff. And it's it's like the different friendships you develop, but. You know, center quarterback, they rely on each other. You know, the quarterback is not going to have a successful play without a proper transition between he and the ball, shotgun, under center, anything. Absolutely. So it, it is it is unique. And center quarterbacks, they have different conversations than I would with an offensive tackle or I would with a center. Have, has he given you the book, The Captain's Class? Have you read this book? I have read it. Yep, I T- read tell, it last year. So this is what and I read about this in Bleacher Report. I've talked about it already. We had Mitch on last week talking about it. And it's just some really key aspects of a, of a gentleman who wrote the book, who studied leadership, and he did it around all the best sports teams, you know, on the planet, all over the, the world, not just the United States. Um, Sam Walker's his name. What did you get out of the book? I just got, you know, every, every little piece of, you know, information from so many successful, you know, players and teams and coaches, um, you know, that that it's all about putting the team first, um, you know, and that's kind of what I've embodied. Um, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's never about me. It's always, you know, every story in there is like I put myself out there for my team. And that's, you know, why we were so successful is because what I did rubbed off on other guys. It was so contagious, um, you know, and that's what I took away from that. And, you know, I think that's where our team's at now. So are, are really you, resonated with you. Yeah. Are you a reader, or did you read the book because Mitch introduced you to it? And if you are a reader, what kind of book would you? I'm no? not a reader. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, some, yeah, some people aren't. I mean, you know, I, I recently read a book because someone introduced me to it. That's why I read it, and it, it was interesting, and it captured my attention. So I'm really not a reader, but uh, when when a book like that has so much, you know, key information that I can take away that would help me be a better leader, be a better professional, be a better, um, you know, man. Right. Um, you know, why not do it? And, you know, Mitch, you know, brought it to me and, you know, I had to do it. During the regular season, you're occupying so much time with your tablet that you don't really have the luxury of sitting down and reading a 200, 300 page book because you probably get 80 pages of information a day when you're game planning, putting in new information, reinstalling and the kind of stuff you're going through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and if I guess if our playbook was a book, I'd be reading that thing every day, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're definitely, you know. Did you ever have a playbook? I did. Okay, because yeah. in our era, that's all we had. We had a 300-page, 400-page playbook we carried around to every meeting. What a pain in the butt. Now you guys have tablets. Yeah, I think with the new technology and everything, the tablet is the way to go. Yeah. You know, it's so much easier for coaches just to push something out to you instead of, you know, burning a tape and, you know, having to meet up for. How about the instance on the practice field? You can run a play, you can have a blitz, and you can look at it 30 seconds that's later. That's so great. I know. I mean, it just helps you, you know, get to – that mistake right away. The ability than, to improve yeah, is, is an instant away. Because you're going to see that same blitz eventually, um, you know, in that same practice. So if you can see where you made a mistake and then fix that mistake and, and not make the same mistake, um, you know, it only helps you out. Scotty White Air, I guess we're going to take a break, Big Tom. Save okay, it I get for the, the other side. Next one. <laughs> yes, you do. You get the lead off the next time, Big Tom. With Tom, I'm Jeff, and Cody Whitehair, our guest on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW, CDW, people who get it. Jeff and Tom with Cody Whitehair here on Bears All Access. 
Ravens-Bears coming up on Thursday night. Getting ready for that. Bears practice tomorrow. A little walk through Wednesday and then trek out to Cleveland and then drive over to Canton and check out the Hall of Fame and then enjoy a battle with the Ravens and as they honor the great Brian Urlacher in a Hall of Fame career. All right, Tom, I promised you the first question of this segment. Let her rip. I want the unnoticed in practice. You know, you guys are installing a new, a new offense. There's a lot of information that's transferred all over the place. Vic Fangio has been pretty relentless against you guys. He hasn't taken it easy. I see a lot of sophisticated blitzes out there. Good for you. Does it catch you off guard, or does it make meetings longer when you really have to transfer all the information and get it right? It definitely helps us out. Um, you know, anytime we can see a variety of stuff, um, you know, it only helps us, you know, learn the offense a little bit better and a little bit quicker. Um, you know, and like like you said, Vic's, you know, been pretty relentless with us. And, you know, like I said, I think it helps us, you know, learn the offense and, and move a little bit faster. So you have Vic Fangio's defense, 34 base defense. It's really multiple front defense. I think it's hard to just pinpoint one term on any defense. But now you practice against a guy directly over your head in Vic's base defense. Um, are you now that you practice against it every day? Is it becoming different than when you practice against a four-three defense throughout your your past career when you're undercovered, well, uncovered as a center? Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, anytime you have a guy head up on you, it's it you know obviously you have to get the snap to the quarterback first and foremost. Yeah. But uh, you know he's on you very fast. Um, so it's really you know helped me over the last you know time being against uh, Vic's defense, you know, really work on my hands. Um, you know, because with that guy being head up over you, you have to have quick hands right. to keep him off you and pass off twists and games and all that. Um, you know, so it, it's definitely helped us out. And, uh, you know, it, it, playing against, a, uh, you know, a 4-3 is, is a lot easier for the center, I right. feel like. So if you're practicing against that, you know, head up nose every day. It's it's great for us. So we talked about at great length about the physical uh, improvements you've made over the course of your or stay here and over the course of your career. Uh, there's the mental part of it. And then how about the eyes? Training your eyes to see what you need to see and see it properly. Yeah. I think, How's that come along? I think that's a big thing, and especially for the center to see, you know, different rotations. And like I said, you know, with, with Mitch back there and trying to help him out and – you know, that's one thing we've really worked on is, is, you know, that relationship on the field with, you know, seeing under one set of eyes so that we're both on the same page without having to have a board meeting up at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> uh, you board know, so, meeting, yeah. But, but that's I, – I feel like your eyes are just as important as the strength or your hands or the physical part of the game as well. Well, you know, you've, you've played with, I think, four different sets of offensive guards just in training camp with the different – people moving in and out of lineup and some hiccups with injuries and stuff when you how do you get everybody to talk about that that eyes thing where everybody is make make sure everybody's on the same page I think it all comes back to technique um you know as as long as you know you're going to be in the same place and when you guys go when guys get in there and you work in individual as long as you're consistently in the same place I think you know that's an easy transition two offensive starters have played all 16 games last two years can you name them Charles and Cody correct it's not a hard one to ask really uh, because you guys have been super durable and have been there the whole time and you guys are both growing together too I mean Charles to me is a, a really a great story he's a he's a seventh round draft pick who started a right tackle, and it didn't go well right mm -hmm. away, you know, at, at training camp. And it, it forced him to look at himself a little bit differently and have the 
the desire and the and the guts to go and and go after it and move over to left tackle and bam he's not missed a snap in in years and are you enjoying him and seeing him develop at a position where if you talk to scouts and you talk to pro personnel directors and I've talked to plenty you know they put first round necessities on certain positions quarterback corner pass rusher left tackle yeah maybe doesn't need to be the case when you got a guy like Cody, or Cody um, Charles. Charles Leno Jr. working his tail off to be a professional in this game. Yeah, he's done a great job. Um, the guy studies film a lot. Um, you know, he's using everything he can to help him be a better player. Um, you know, he really has taken that, you know, weight room and that strength, um, you know, to help him on the field as well. Um, he's done a great job. He's, he's a good leader for our offensive line. Um, you know, and he's helped me ever since I came into the league. Um, you know, he was a starter when I came into the league two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was. Um, you know, and really kind of took me under his wing. And, you know, on down days when I was down, he was there to pick me up. And, you know, on days where he's down, I'm there to pick him up. So, um, you know, we have a great relationship, and he's a great leader for our room. Are you general? Sorry, Tom. Are you generally a uh, positive guy? Because you say down days, offensive line. I mean, you can have you could have some really nightmare scenarios, oh, yeah. um, even in practice. How do you handle that? What's your personality to deal with um, when I make a that type of situation? Right. When I make a mistake, it kills me. It really does. I yeah. try not to let it show. Um, but, you know, it's, that, that's hard sometimes. You take it, you I, take I, it to I take heart. It, I take it to heart. And, you know, I never want to be that guy to let the team down. And anytime I feel like I make a mistake, I let somebody down. I let my teammates down. And, you know, I let my quarterback down. I let my coach down. Um, you know, all that. So I, I try to stay as positive as I can. And, and I think the thing that I've really, you know, tried to do this last year is really have that mentality of move on to the next play. Um, you know, don't let one bad play carry over to two, three, four, five, and so on. Um, did it? You know, and I've really tried to work on it, and it's definitely helped. But did um, it? Did it sometimes? Yeah. It carried it, it, over? It, it did when I was younger, yeah. How about it you did. when you played? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, if you go through a week where you have a lack of confidence in your one-on-ones or you get beat quickly in a game in a one-on-one that you don't know if you can even recover – and it's hard to get that that mental confidence back. But the, what your offensive lineman, okay, with this multiple personnel grouping offense, is there a definition to the offensive line? Is this a power offensive line? Is this a physical finesse offensive line? You know, your RPOs when you you know run have a run pass option, you got to fake it as much as if you're running the ball. I think our our thing is we're a physical, you know, tough team. I think that's what you know, people would say about our offensive line, we're, we're tough, we're physical, um, you know, and you're going to get our best shot every time. And, you know, as, as long as we're playing under one set of eyes, we're going to be fast, we're going to be physical, and we're going to be powerful. So I think that's, you know, our motto for this year. And per Matt Nagy, obsessed. Yeah. Obsessed to what you do. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, Coach Nagy's been great. Um, he's been a great addition to this team. Very, you know, positive guy with a great attitude, um, you know, and 
we're we're very lucky to have him and what he brings to our team and and you know we're really excited this week on inside the bears the rookies visit soldier field for the first time and former bear israel adonage talks about creating a comic partnership with the bears inside the bears airs saturday 6 p.m on cw 50 chicago sundays at 10 35 on fox 32 chicago you can also watch show segments online at chicagobears.com or on the chicago bears official app anytime cody we can't thank you enough it was enjoyable. We could talk to you for another couple of hours, but you got things to do, and so does Tom. Right. I'm out of here as well. Thanks to Paul Zarang, Greg Miller, and all of you for listening. We'll talk to you next time on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, PNC, and Ford.